It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. What's up, guys? What's up? <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us from the road, Miggy. I tell you what, it's another week. It's a Wednesday. Cannabis Legalization News is on the air. And, of course, it's uh, that, that same old thing. The United States House has again approved marijuana banking reform as part of a defense spending bill. Really? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah you didn't it, see that? Uh, marijuana. No, I'm, I've been on the road so long, dude. I'm learning news as we go right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, now, where are you joining us from? Uh, I'm in Oceanside. Miggy. Oh, I got so much to talk about, dude, from Texas to Arizona to New Mexico. You know, I drove through two legal states. And I'm presently in a third legal state. And uh, you would think the legal state that I'm in now, California, would be like, Full of hippies and fucking embracing cannabis, but uh, it was easier for me to get weed when it was illegal 20 years ago than it was now. Seriously? So it's difficult uh, to get weed in California. I'm shocked. If you don't have a medical card, so apparently there's medical here in Oceanside that I, you know, you have to go through hoops and circles, and I don't have time for that. I'm only here for a couple of days, but uh, um, yeah, man, uh, I had to drive 20 minutes out of the way just to fucking get some weed. And I got some fire wonder, Brett, but uh, the prices are not conducive to uh, medical price. You know, it's not for the patients. Again, uh, you know, one of the problems with our cannabis show, as we talk about uh, cannabis banking reform, is that if we mention any prices or quantities, very often we get just smacked for doing uh, so. And then they, they mark our stuff 18 plus. So let's try to guess how much uh, the price and the quantity is. Was it approximately three? Uh, well, it was. A, could I could I use one slash eight to describe the uh, the quantity? No, it's a. So I just bought a pre-roll that gives you a better idea okay yeah i don't think pre-roll gets us uh popped and then was the pre-roll uh well not it's then is that describe it without saying uh, a quantity ah, right it's impossible. the weight yeah. a whole digit i give you that it was one solid digit all right how much is a whole digit uh i wonder if i say it in spanish would that help us not get uh flat <laughs> i highly doubt that but you know um that's one of the dark 20 bucks. Uh, four 20 20 for a pre-roll Woo, that is Illinois prices. Damn. Yeah. I tell you, that regulation's live and well in uh, adult cannabis in uh, the California market. So uh, let's talk about what happened in the House, though, as we get closer to the fiscal cliff that arrives every September 30th when the Congress runs out of money. And now we're also going to hit our heads on a debt ceiling, which is fantastic. So the United States House of Representatives Tuesday approved an amendment to protect banks suite that service state legal marijuana businesses from being penalized by federal regs. It passed on a voice vote. No member requested a roll call. So we don't even know what it passed by, but it passed. And now it's going to go to a large scale defense spending legislation and it hits the Senate. So to keep the continuing resolutions and to keep funding the government, especially the defense department, you're going to have to pass the Safe Banking Act. This will be really, really interesting to see the budget reconciliation process. And then whatever omnibus this thing becomes, maybe in December, I don't know if they're going to shut down the government. They could. uh, But Man, if the Safe Banking Act passes because it's in the budget, great. And then uh, it's not enough, but it will think about all the refinancing the cannabis companies will do when they actually can get a decent interest rate. Well, then the budget, this is different than the infrastructure bill, right? Uh, No, they are going to start uh, piggybacking. And so this is when things get tacked into larger bills. And so this thing has now been tacked to a large uh, defense, uh, National Defense Authorization Act. So they attach that 
it because then they knew they were going to try to fund the, the, the Department of Defense. They always have to fund the Department of Defense, and they figured it'd have bipartisan support so that when it hits the Senate, uh, at least 50 people in the Senate will pass the Defense, National Defense Authorization Act, which has the Safe Banking Act attached to it. Uh you know, I was uh, the reason why I asked about the infrastructure bills because that's what they're going to be passing the um, uh, for the testing. You know, the which I think is going to be the backbone for all the policy that's going to be happening federally. You know, so I mean yeah, that's great. But I I just want it would be good for the industry. And like again, it doesn't get rid of IRC two hundred eighty e. It doesn't get rid of heroin and marijuana being classified as the exact same thing under federal law. We're still living in a, in a, a land of make believe and madness when that is the reality that we're all operating under. Like we have to say words almost in code so that an algorithm doesn't flag us because Google doesn't want to be culpable for helping to contribute to uh, uh, a, a progress. Of crime. <laughs> the progress. I mean, like this is what all we're talking about is policy and how things like things can be as grownups, just like. Uh, the broccoli industry. <laughs> right. But we are covering the amazing broccoli industry, which is delicious also as well. Uh, one of my favorite cabbages is broccoli. But uh, it, it, it seems that we're going to have news about cannabis in this budget reconciliation season, which is just fast underway as the city, city being the federal government, runs out of money on around September 30th when the budget year ends. And so now this budget and the, the authorization for the National Defense Authorization Act. So funding for them maybe means uh, better banking for all the uh, license holders who are joining us. Yeah. And I, and I think like, you know, oh, and I the know cash only think about the safety yes. and the cash only. Well, that's what I was going to lead to was, yeah. you know, uh, uh, this you is going to help. Oh, it's going to help a lot, but you still aren't going to be able to have merchant codes. So like, it's still going to be money laundering. And therefore, I mean, like it still sucks because of the um, uh, uh, interplay with the criminality of it. And it's just because they can now have bank accounts and not deal in cash doesn't mean that suddenly they're going to have a credit card processing number for the sales of cannabis. Uh, therefore, it's probably still going to be a lot of cash because you're not going to be able to pay your uh, on your visa until it's taken out of the Controlled Substances Act. Well, I understand that part, but I think also, though, once you have the Safe Banking Act passed, you'll have more, you know, right now, people in different states are relying on credit unions. That's the predominant go-to for... Different regulator. Yeah. And then somebody that will actually, you know, one, loan the money, because I don't think most people understand when a a business, like when payroll, it comes from a different pocket of money, like it usually comes from the loan money. It's not a, you know, the pro- out of profit right away. Mm-hmm. You know, so, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll do a lot of good, but it's not clearly legalization. Oh, it's and, not. Enough. And, I, and I don't think a, I don't think the industry is going to be like, wow, we can now have banks and get decent interest rates. You know, I am glad that we it's going to be so much easier for us to pay the taxes from IRC 280 E that don't go away until we get out of schedule two. Uh, or, you know, but screw that. Just drop it completely from the schedule. I like how they're going to move it over to the alcohol, tobacco, cannabis and firearms and explosives uh, yeah. regulatory authority. But, yeah, I mean, that's going to be great when it does happen. Uh, you know, it's just crazy how every state's just different. And, you know, I think most people have a misconception. Like here in California, you know, I I was waiting to see like uh, – 
uh, pot shops everywhere. Because like in in uh, in Washington, we actually have like as much as I bitch about our regulation and the the industry that's out there, that's the infrastructure of it. Um, there are billboards that say first pot shop here or last pot shop here or uh uh you know i did see one sign that said drive through which we don't have but yeah. it didn't give me the exit because i would have stopped at it but there, that was it there's there was only like two or three signs out here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and reefer madness does exist even in southern california i can't believe the prejudice is even in southern california yeah well and again we all have this like summer of love concept and it's all regionalized like that's san francisco area and then i'm heard, i'm told that la has a bunch more it's weird san diego county has always been reefer madness strong uh during the medical days people had to fight for a lot of their own not get raided just to be left mm-hmm. alone in the in where we're at downtown san diego crazy what else we got going on I tell you what, there's more good news from Amazon. They're saying their workers and applicants fired or barred during marijuana screening are now eligible for uh, for employment. According to CNBC, Amazon is further relaxing its screening policies for marijuana as it ramps up its support for federal legalization. Uh, and Amazon actually has a lobbying wing. And so their lobbying wing has got like a PR wing or something like that. It's pretty interesting. And so they're saying that they want cannabis legalization. I can't remember what the name of their policy wing is, but Amazon first announced in June that it would no longer screen some of its workers for marijuana. The only job candidates Amazon will screen the drug for are those applying for positions regulated by the Department of Transportation, such as truck drivers and having equipment operators. So there you go. Uh, The Safe Banking Act doesn't do anything for those poor people whose job is to go over the road and, you know, make deliveries in a truck which is a high stress job where we have to sit all day and to bar them from using uh, the cannabis plant because the, the federal government for no good reason at all still regulates this stuff as if it is heroin makes zero yeah. sense. And, and so the, the safe banking act clearly doesn't take care of this, you know, no, Even no. Pass, but I want it to pass. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like again, pass them all. <laughs> I mean, pass them all, pass yeah. them all till everybody is released from prison. I just learned about another person incarcerated. Somebody uh, on Vimeo, the the app Vimeo, made a comment, and her dad was raided, and he was raided in Southern California, Northern California, in 2018 yeah. when it was legal. Well, there's still a lot of raids up in Northern California because that's where a lot of the gray market cannabis is grown outdoor and people can go and see it. And you know, the stories of people dropping from helicopters, ridiculous. Yeah. But that yeah, well, has been, that's got to end. That has to yes. end. Yeah. I even asked, uh, so I stopped at two shops yesterday. There's a, uh, and I know you're not familiar with the brand Stizzy. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's an up and coming large MSO that uh, uh, surprisingly, uh, uh, it's been, Founded by a veteran, so when I stopped at the store, I was surprised that they don't do veteran discount. But um, uh, then I stopped at this other store, and I asked the, the, the guy. It's called Urban Leaf, and he said, uh, "I was asking like, where do you get your product? Because are there any grows around here? Because in Washington, there are grows in downtown Seattle. Like there are uh, people growing in buildings underground in controlled environments. But here in Southern California, I was like, where is it? Where do you get your wheat from? And most of it's coming from the north." Yeah, there's nothing down here to my dismay. That's really terrible because they could grow weed down there unless like their water rights are terrible. I mean, their water rights terrible down there. No, I don't think so. I think right now it's still the medical growers. You know, there's still a medical 
market out here, at least in Oceanside. But it's only a matter of time until someone gets paid off to change the laws. Yeah. Don't you know how that is when you get paid off to change the law and the rules? I don't, but you can uh, send me some money and I'll let you know. Nope, nope, I don't have the liquidity. We need the qualified <laughs> purchasers, the ones that have the $2 million liquid. Those are the ones yeah. that you're on the lookout for because those are the guys that can really help you stand up the craft grow, and you would need them even if you had the Safe Banking Act because all the entrepreneurs in the world that want to get into uh, and win a grow because they're social equity or something, uh, and then they're going to have licensing rounds in their jurisdiction, uh, and they're exactly what the state's looking for. They just need you to do your all the legal work for free and then find you the $2 million guy. Uh, and so I don't do that. I don't do that no more. I decided to pay my bills instead. <laughs> so now I'll charge for that. And then, uh, you know, you have to find those people and then put them together and then you use the, the right type of uh, investment vehicles. Uh, and yeah. it's just, it could be a whole bunch of new small entrepreneurs creating their own thing, but, you know, through some very interesting financial structurings. Do you think, though, I mean, I, we all know, and this major legislation is going to support and help, like, the bigger companies, the MSOs, the, you know, just the creepy stuff. But will it help mom and pop? Will it help it, someone? It'll help everybody. And so, like, being able to get lower interest loans because you can actually get a bank account. You, like, the mom and pop, they still have to pay the 1000 bucks a month to be a cannabis business at a bank. And like, so there's a lot of costs that they have to pay right now. And then there's also cash handling issues that they have to have. Maybe they aren't going to have the same amount of cash handling issues. Maybe they'd be able to, I don't think they could take credit cards because I don't know the merchant account, but I think they'd be able to take debit cards because that's just a cash transaction, you know? Do you so think also, okay. Well, I mean, that's 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 great. And then they'd be able to regularly have bank accounts. And so like a lot of businesses, they don't have to they might have a minimum balance of threshold they have to keep in the account, but they don't have to pay a monthly fee, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. But also, do you think the Safe Banking Act would help us and we wouldn't get flagged for mentioning prices? No, because it's the trafficking aspect. So when you're saying prices and weights, uh, the algorithm just mistakenly believes that that's what you're trying to do. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not all bad. And it's going to get better, especially if Amazon, uh, they keep lobbying uh, on the Hill and they are making all the money right now because the Amazon just exploded when the pandemic came up and they are oh, yeah. actively supporting the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, uh, the Schumer and uh, Cory Booker bill that finally came out and which, you know, we've done stuff on, by the way, and you should go check out the videos that we've done if you're curious about it, because we went through the whole thing. Uh, that is a good bill. I mean, it's not. It's not going to really lower the barriers to entry because it's another little thick layer of regulation that you have to get into. And so getting into the, yeah. the game is still you're going to need that million dollar liquid guy uh, well, and, uh, because GMP yeah. certified, man. Well, just any business, right? You're going to open a restaurant. You don't just say, OK, it's like a lemonade stand. You need, you know, I, when, I, when I stopped in Phoenix and visited Chris Martin mm-hmm. uh, and I visited his his. Uh, so. Super stoked to see Chris's operation. It is a hundred percent mom and pop, family-owned business. Um, you know, he's been um, uh, he's now in multiple states, right? Hemphill Farms is in multiple states with the licensing. They still produce all that product in where he's at uh, in uh, in Arizona in Phoenix in the, in their kitchen, uh, nice size kitchen. And we're talking about because you know everybody's still 
trying to nickel and dime each other. His previous renter in a uh, the kitchen that he was renting, he's like, you're not in regulation. Half of these things aren't in regulation for a proper kitchen because he used to be a chef. Their answer was, so? Like, they paid off all the uh, – Arizona's very corrupt, you know, when it comes to regulation. Yeah. Sometimes – here's the thing about regulation. Either you know the rules and then buy by them or you know who to pay off. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And so the rules and who to abide by them. I mean, like New Jersey, uh, New Jersey, I've been in there too long. Uh, uh, Arizona's regulation, though, is a, a millionaire's club. I mean, it was real easy to get a license or at least to apply, provided that you had all the real estate and money. And then yeah. it was just a very simple application. And then well, you a lottery. Chris was going through the social equity while I was there. Mm-hmm. The social equity training that Arizona is requiring for all its applicants. Nice. Yeah. So it's a two, two day. Oh, I got this. It's- and that's right. The 420 seminar was brought to you by Collateral Base, the company I work for, Collateral Base. It's uh where you go if you would like sophisticated advice, mostly on the cannabis, but also any other business. Nice, nice. So you, you, you're expanding all kinds of stuff, though. Well, no, it's just I'm mostly in cannabis, but then uh, cannabis business is just business. And then it's actually an agri- agricultural or a retail business. Uh, and then I'm in a service industry, and then I also do a lot of internet marketing, for example, this stuff. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, it's funny you say about the... Uh, uh, Business, it's just business. Because uh, um, I, when I stopped at this Disney store to uh, uh, see if I could broadcast there, and uh, uh, of course, you know, if it was medical, it would have been an issue because everybody likes to, you know, still that family community community. But she was like, "Well, I gotta call my district manager, and then I gotta call legal." <laughs> I went through this whole fucking thing. I was like, oh, "They were cool. You know what? Let me get a card. Maybe we'll have card. you on the show." <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it was so the, the 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 district manager who I did talk to GM the general manager she was a uh, um I was like what is your background how did you become a general manager he's like I was just from sales so it was like a lateral thing kind of like with you and your lawyering sure it's all lateral uh yep sales uh, very often people come out of because uh, sales can be uh you need that strategy or you need that skill in many other areas of business and then the sales uh, cycle and then just the way that they get paid and all that can just become a grind. And then if you already have all that knowledge and experience and you have that sales kind of mindset, yeah, uh, you'd be a good general manager because then he's probably thinking about like, well, yeah, you can't do that. That's not how come people buy people buy because of this, this, and this. Well, how do you know that I was a salesperson here for 10 years before they gave me this job? Oh yeah. Yeah. No experience is essential. And I always say like, cannabis everything's lateral if you want to uh be involved uh in cannabis everything's lateral and sometimes it's rigged and very often it's expensive and then sometimes it's great just just yeah. great but uh there's a new report u.s representative virginia fox opposes the marijuana legalization bill but yet still invests in cannabis stocks which are bottoming right now by the way so congresswoman virginia fox whose voting record suggests she opposes cannabis legalization and yet is out there cashing in on marijuana stocks according to salon magazine uh fox who holds influential positions 
positions in the House Committee of Oversight and Reform, has made six investments in Altria. Hey, that's a tobacco company. What about the cannabis companies uh, since last September? And so she has, where is the, the cannabis stocks that she, um, you know, bought? This, yeah. Because like Altria is a tobacco stock. But isn't Altria, didn't they get involved in cannabis? I thought they were also trying to buy licenses and whatnot. I thought there was, yeah, they're cannabis is what Lauren's saying. Altria is getting into the cannabis industry. That is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, Altria, one of the world's largest tobacco companies and a leader in the burgeoning U.S. cannabis industry since September of last year, according to its financial disclosures. Well, now I want to know who uh, has Altria bought. Well, it's probably just licenses, right? Well, whose licenses? Oh, yeah. What state? Right. And so, that's a Forbes article from uh, February 9th, how tobacco giant Altria is becoming huge. And then uh, this is on Forbes, which means that you can't get away from its advertisements. Oh, my goodness. Now, uh, we should have more advertisements on our stuff just so that it's no matter where you look, you're like, oh, there's another ad here. Why am I even reading this? Oh, right. I wanted to lear- learn about who Altria actually has uh, for its its license holdings. Where's this, uh, where's this governor at? Where's she from? Uh, North Carolina. And so it's probably whoever is going to be winning North Carolina cannabis licenses is owned by Altria. And then they're just making the right connections and paying off the right people in exactly. uh, North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just the same. I think these people realize like. Oh, it's, wait, it's okay. Rep. Virginia Fox. But is she? Yeah, she's a North Carolina Republican congressional delegation. Damn. So, yeah, everybody's against weed until they start getting paid for it. Now, I've noticed that when people start getting paid for things, they suddenly don't have much of a problem with it anymore. Well, they just realize that it's not the social ills that, I mean, not just realize, they just know, like, they're waiting for the easy money. Maybe you know, they do uh, the whole time. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's the thing with, like, cannabis events, you know. If I, you know, it's always about the insurance, right, or the, uh, well, the insurance that, like, for you do a party or an event especially with an alcohol event, right? There's always like a high whatever. And cannabis is going to be 10 times than alcohol is once everything gets founded out or gets evened out. But cannabis events are, are the, the – nothing happens at a cannabis event. Like if you're going to bank on something like like for, for protective measures, it's not the cannabis event. It's the alcohol event that you have to worry about. That's so right. it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. Well, again, uh, every Sunday we get together, pack ourselves into arenas, drink beer, and watch grown men heave themselves at one another and throw balls around. So uh, it's just lower your (laughs) expectations. Just lower those expectations a little bit. And it turns out that Altria spent $1.8 billion in December 2018 for a 45% stake in Kronos Group, the first major multinational cannabis firm based in Canada. Wow. Uh, Fascinating. And with that, let's turn to another Canadian uh, cannabis company in our stock news. What up, eh? Aurora Cannabis lays off 12% of its workforce, according to Yahoo Finance. Aurora Cannabis, which, of course, if you're trading at home, is ACB.to, that's the Toronto Exchange, says approximately 12% of its global workforce was laid off in the closure of a facility once touted as the center for excellence. 
Jeez. Companies hire pro- margin pot products like edibles, vapes, and drinks. So the edibles, vapes, and drinks for the higher margin pot products, I guess, just, just aren't working. So the move adds mounting concerns about the Edmonton-based pot producer coming on the heels of the decision to push back the release of its fourth quarter and full year 2021 financial results without any exploitation. So we aren't going to release those. Why? Because they suck. Yeah. Toronto listed Aurora shares were slightly weaker in early trading on Wednesday, down 1.94% to $7.57. And I'm sure it has more to fall. Uh, however, the stock has fallen more than 66, yeah, 66% from its recent high in February, outpacing a broader decline in the cannabis stock market. Yeah, cannabis stocks have just been getting hammered uh, hard. And it's that, 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 that spanking still may not be over, but uh, they're getting the levels where they kind of like stop getting spanked. So it, it may be a good sign for cannabis stocks. That's interesting, dude. You know, there's so much money in this cannabis. Like, I know like they're never going to go anywhere. Like the MedMen and the, uh, well, even like, so like this pre-roll that I bought was made by Wonder Brett. And okay. the only reason why I bought it is because he has a legacy story. Uh, you know, and, and, and so like the legacy people seems the ones I always go to, right? Like, uh, that's my choice to see, like, if it's good, if you had a, a name, um, like say I'm in a dispensary pot shop, whatever. And I see some Swami select, I'd probably buy that just to see, but all the hype is up to what it's worth. Right. Like, and that's for legacy stuff. And, and then like, I think when you smoke cannabis, you, you, you come to it, depends on how you are, like the cookies thing, you know, uh, uh not impressed. Like it's yep. just what it is. It's, not, it's just weed. But this Wonder Bread that I I, I just uh, partook in, wow! Like he did really good work. I'm gonna say it's actually better than some Washington weed. Like oh wow, yeah. That's because Washington weed was better than Illinois weed. Oh yeah. Well, I tell you what though, Illinois weed must be better than Arizona weed. I was so disappointed with the pre roll I bought there. Oh really? That sucks. Oh yeah, yeah. They got they got a lot to work to go. And the guy said that was their best. I was like oh. Well, I mean, at least it's what you got. I mean, it's what you got. At least it's what you got. Anyway, that's uh, what's going on in stock news. Uh, other other downsizing, it's the norm in the cannabis uh, industry to the north in Canada. Last week, Tilray said it's going to shut down its flagship facility in Namibo, British Columbia, as part of cost-cutting plans following its merger with Afria. So Twitter is all abuzz with rumors on Aurora Cannabis and Tilray and Polaris, all these names that don't make any money and are all Canadian. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be gone um, when Illinois, not Illinois, when America decides to legalize, there's going to be such a roll up in American cannabis companies. But the roll up that will happen has to go through social equity. And I'm not sure how that's going to play out, especially with financial uh, requirements that states are really creating complex regulations so that the uh, social equity winners don't get screwed over. But then those social equity winners, how do you roll them up? I mean, like, how do you transfer the license? It doesn't seem like you really can. You might have to use some type of like extremely long term lease. Like, no, no, we have a master lease with this cannabis license. It just goes forever. Well, they got to reevaluate the their process and their like, I, I just don't understand how somebody something can be so big and so flush with cash in the beginning and still be always negative like the thing about sales is and and, and selling weed selling good weed ain't hard <laughs> you know who said the weed was good and that's the thing it's like so they're just dumping as much crap into like it's kind of like 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 with diamonds you know if you flood the market 
the, the value of what it is is what it, it is, right? Like, there is no value in diamonds. Like, a diamond is just a rock. But it's, yet, uh, the diamond is a woman's best friend. According to the beers. Well, I I believe so. But then, like, according to uh, sayings that I've heard and maybe some uh, starlets of long ago, I don't think <laughs> diamonds are a woman's best friend anymore. I could be wrong. I haven't talked to diamonds before. Well, it's the best propaganda campaign out there. I'm just saying for to, to, for a value to put value. Yeah. Well, it, at, how could it be the better than the anti weed propaganda campaign? Everybody knows that weed's not bad for you, and it's still right there in Schedule One next to heroin for no good reason at all. No, touche. You win that one. Hey, but there's some good news. The California State Fair is going to host a marijuana competition for the first time in 2022. Oh, my God. We're announcing this. Marijuana Moments reporting that California marijuana vendors are able to take place in a first-of-its-kind state-sanctioned cannabis cup at the State Fair next year. This is the cannabis cup that I've been waiting to see. I can't wait. We have to go to the 2022 California State Fair to see how good the the weed is. Uh, I think so, too. Yeah, but like, uh, let's see, competitions like High Times Cannabis Cups, this is the first time a state government agency is going to be uh, hosting such an event. Well, and then for, for like a state run, like a fair, because, uh, you know, they'll do like like the Apple Fair or whatever. And so to have the best, somebody's sampling this product, right? So how are, how yeah. is it being rated? Are well, they state employees? Unlike, unlike other types of cannabis competitions, like the Emerald Cup or the High Times Cannabis Cup, where just random people are able to smoke and, and, and take the cannabis and then rate it, and then they just rank them based on all the votes from the people. Uh, this time, they are going to have winners decided based on science-based analysis performed and certified by SC Labs, a cannabis testing operation. So how hmm. to win? This is real easy. You go to sc labs and you say what do you want because i'm winning and they that, go yeah. yeah right oh my god but that i mean like and that's always been the problem with like both high times and all the other cups right these are pay to play and even like the the cups like the the judges to be a part mm-hmm. of it it's not like it's not very open you have to pay and then you get this package from the cups sure. you know the, so I want to see terpene profile and I want to, I want it to be like a release. It's like, and again, I don't want the highest THC to necessarily win the day. Uh, and yeah. so like if you're doing science-based analysis, is it just going to be like, you got 37% THC, you win. Right on. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm reading the, uh, the news. We got a 499 donation. Thank you for the five spot. We really appreciate it. And a shout out to all the members. We are not able to uh, get ad revenue on our channel. So our members actually help fund uh, the the some a small portion of the operation budgets, collateral base. You know, shout out to yeah. them. And thank you for serving the cannabis industry as admirably as you have. And we're too lazy and all to get a Patreon. So, like, we really appreciate it. This is really everything right here. Like, if you can just mm. help a brother out. No, more, man, we can, like, now with what we have, uh, and there's some decent coders that were working on it with me, we can put uh, all sorts of sponsorship levels on CannabisLegalizationNews.com. If you haven't checked that out yet, by the way, we're starting to put content, and these, these stories are going to be ending up on CannabisLegalizationNews.com. So head over there. Uh, and read the news, but we just have not been able to get the news how we like it. And it's uh, been yeah. 
It's been a little uh, developments hard sometimes, and uh, we're trying yes. to get the news to to look how the news should look, and to get some advertisement in there, and then have some sponsorship levels there. Uh, and if you need any like reporting of the news, you can go to cannabislegalizationnews.com and, and report a tip. But right now, I'm building knowledge uh, over at Cannabis Industry Lawyer, and so knowledge has to get released first because then we'll be like Collateral Base and Cannabis Industry Lawyer present this knowledge thing, and, and so if you wanted to set up an SPV for your cannabis company or, or learn uh, and create your own pitch deck, create your own financial model, create your own uh, offer for finding that liquid that's out there. And you need that liquid on your team, you know? And then once uh, you start getting more with your, your guys and I help you with your uh, SOPs, then I'll help, uh, you know, help others with their SOPs, you know, because mm-hmm. with my 15 years in, in the quality assurance industry, it's like audits are, are a no brainer and, You've done all the hard work. I'm just going to be there to help you. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, oh, and also, don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And <laughs> shout out to Nick Easley, who has to survive Amsterdam, and then he's going to London. Uh, and so poor Nick just stuck over there. And then the shout out to all the people that are in the uh, Illinois shop right now with Craft Grows getting their fourth round of, uh, disp- of uh, 10-day deficiency notifications yesterday. And the dispensary uh, people having only until October 8th to file a lawsuit. There's just a lot going on in, in uh, cannabis licensing world right now and i hope that your state is going to be popping off here soon too but not too cool yeah. you know, <laughs> there's only time. one of you yeah. right. <laughs> well why didn't uh you know you're doing a licensing and as i'm going to drive up north uh as i've been experiencing what's available state to state so like you know i like to cover the culture and actual like the the consumer perspective of things because uh um it was neat, dude. Like, so went to Arizona. Uh, they scanned my ID, and then they took a picture of it. I imagine because it's now a state ID. And then uh, I walk in, and there's two sides to this room. Uh, said recreational, medical, but a recreational. Uh, then the guy checked my ID again, and then he all he, he puts the the prepackaged pre roll in a sealed Ziploc baggie like a child proof it's just excessive packaging again excessive regulations that's it i mean but it's interesting to see because washington state it's 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 kind of passe for me it's just i'm gonna go to the store get some milk uh maybe some beer but i gotta go to the other store to get some weed like that's all it is it's just me walking in i'm like norm they're like norm the girl uh you know and then like you can order online if I'm getting lazy and want to just walk in and walk out. Or I just walk in and look at what's in the selection. What, what I like to do, because it's just shopping. It's just a store. There's nothing special or gangster about weed. It's just mm-hmm. a plant that you package up and some smoke it, some make tea. You know, with that kind of uh, intro, I think it's a perfect time to play Name That Strain. Woo! Let me tell you what it's not. Oh, wow. Neville's Haze. That's what I was just uh, partaking on. But anyway, <laughs> this sucker is big. It is a big thing. Uh, so big that in physics, if you reach this, you very often turn into a black hole. Uh, and uh, it's it's interesting, and it goes way, way back. It is a cross, of course, as they all are. But it's a cross between two, uh, I guess those would be heirlooms, 
because they go all the way back to I'm saying skunk number one's an heirloom strain. I'm sorry. Oh Chad, shit, Chad. Chad Westport, I have an address label for you. And uh <laughs> if you don't if you would be so kind, what, what size shirt do you want, Chad? And then color. Give me that, and then I'll grab that. And I'm also gonna give Chad because he's just a wizard when it comes to I'm just saying if you want to grow a copy of Satan Smoke then too, and just be like you can pick a, a nugget. I'm just saying, like, he's obviously someone of expertise that, you know, he's in all the uh, other uh, platforms. So if you get a chance, if you want to learn, that's the guy right there. We should make him a moderator. That guy will grow you an eighth. That guy will grow you a pound. Yeah, yep, yep. According to Leafly, critical mass is a potent indica strain made by a crossing Afghani and skunk number one. The strain originated from the breeder Mr. Nice Seeds bank and critical mass gets its name because of its ability to reach critical mass in terms of growing when growing branches of this strain tend to snap off from the very heavy weight of the buds which are oh. very dense heavy and tasty the downside of critical mask is that this strain is particularly susceptible uh, susceptible to mold so growers have to be extra cautious with its humidity levels during flower flowering mm-hmm. time for critical mass is approximately six to eight weeks in small doses this strain will have you feeling creative and calm in large doses you'll probably have a small nap on the couch What is going on with weed legalization? It is going on all over the place. Right now in Congress, they have uh, the big lead story for the day. And just to reiterate for the people just joining us, uh, has to do with the Safe Banking Act, again, passing, but this time passing in a much more budget conscious uh, way so that it is going to start getting tacked to appropriations and the monies that the federal government needs to do what the federal government loves to do. Well, and that seems to be the only way we're getting any progress on this issue, right? Like, tag it to money. Just attach it to the budgeting. Attach it to money. Attach but it to money. How can we attach a descheduling to money? I don't know. Let's ask our guest. In a few weeks, we're going to have MJ Biz Dailies, uh, CEO Chris Walshon before MJ Biz at, in Las Vegas. Hopefully, we can swing a couple of free tickets and give them away on the show. And one to me. So I'm going to be landing in Vegas on October 21st to go to MJ Biz. And I hope to see a lot of people there. And if you guys recognize me, I'll still probably have this hair. I might not be wearing a suit. I had to get back to work today. Nice. No court oh not yet not yet but then like having to like look like a lawyer and <laughs> that, that was for the zoom call uh a couple of zoom calls yep yeah well you know the, the great thing about that is you don't have that pants well that's true and so later on if i'm on a, a zoom call for court because you know got to pay them bills uh there i will i will say like hey this has happened in uh, other states for example california is getting taken to court over its cannabis tax rates isn't that amazing? Last week, Catalyst, uh, Catalyst Santa Anta filed a lawsuit against the Department of Cannabis Control through the Superior Court of California. And it cites a, hun- a huge number of burner distributions, which are types of operations that continue to supply the illicit market by transitioning product grown in legal compliance to the illicit market through a middleman. Some argue mm. that the smaller players in the legal market that have survived this long wouldn't exist due to the licensing and tax burden if these burner distros weren't scooping up the product at rates better than California. California retailer operators are able to because they don't have to uh, live under the same regulations as the, those cultivators. So this is how they're going to kill medical. 
Uh, this is how California is holding down the rest of the country. For example, Miami and NYC are smoking a whole bunch of uh, weed probably shipped out of California. For more on this, go check out that video we did with NJ Weedman. He kind of explains all that. The only reason why I say that is because that's how the, the, the tax issue, the, the, the unfairness of the tax issue and like what they're calling black market is the medical market. Like the, you know, the, 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 the code word, you know, burner place, it's still a medical. It's a probably under somebody who was a legacy person, uh, still operating under the medical you know, premise, but then you have the, the guys who are trying to be law abiding, I guess, for the most part, but they're the ones that that's what happened in Washington. And then, uh, they process legislation because when you give law enforcement, when you enable powers to law enforcement, they will use it. And this is, could be one of the ways if, if they have to do uh, legislation in the future, I just definitely would watch that. Yep. Yep. And uh, a lot of the people that have reached for comment, for example, the CEO of Catalyst Cannabis, the plaintiff, says their goal is clear. We want to outline a problem that the state has created by failing to work with the cannabis industry on fair taxes. The cannabis industry has the biggest potential for job growth and good paying jobs and tons of upward mobility since the tech boom. But uh, he also says that the burner distros are a result of the problem, not of the cause. And so it's this this is only happening because these regulations are such crap that these types of sales happen because otherwise they, you just can't move your own product. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the taxes and what is regulation, you know, all use is medical use in my opinion, but like, I think people still don't wrap their head around like, well, there's not an al- medical alcohol market, you know, even though at one time alcohol was sold under medical guys, but mm-hmm. even it, cannabis, yes, is medicine, but just an overall, like, it's a hard thing to wrap around as far as like it's both medicinal and good time because there should be a flat rate no matter what. Just like with the testing, it should be a flat requirement. Like it's a consumable item, period. Well, right. But then a lot of the times it's they're trying to control the limitations of the license market. So they're yeah. trying to control the number of licenses out there. And that's one of the reasons why you paid what you paid for that, uh, that, that J in Cali, because they've limited the, the legal market there. And so the, it's not like the supply is not there, but then the licensed supply isn't there. So why is it so difficult to get a retail dispo license or, or comply with all those regulations? How come they can't move their own weight and it's going to LA or not LA, uh, Miami or, uh, New York. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it, everybody, it should be a fair, uh, capitalist market. Everybody gets a chance. You have a chance to thrive or die. That's it. Yeah. But that's, that's difficult because sometimes they like it because it's a sure thing. They like it because it's a privilege, not because it's your right to go and create a, a business. It's a privilege to be in the cannabis industry, just like it's a privilege to own a bar or um, a, a gambling outlet. But, but with cannabis, like what it with like, if you had a limited licensing, uh, kind of like how New Mexico's starting off right now, it still would be a, like almost a, a revenue generator for the, for the state, because, you know, you got to apply for license for each, brand or thing you think of and as they fail you're applying what a thousand dollar license fee every time well, you know, and then there's taxes. And so if there, the amount of tax revenue we'd have if Illinois was more like Oklahoma would be ridiculous. Uh, there yeah. would be a lot more. But then you wouldn't allow the uh, small players, the social equity players, to have any value 
because then they'd have to compete with the well-capitalized players. It's, it's a very difficult uh, needle to thread that they're trying to set up. Like, how do you uh, limit the licenses in such a way that you can focus their benefits of that limited market, that that uh, monopoly that they've granted to that privilege uh, into the communities that were disproportionately harmed? Well, Lawrence's next story is related. What is it? Well, let's go to the next story then. Uh, so... Complaint is smuggling tons. This company is smuggling tons of legal cannabis into the street, according to a whistleblower. According to an official with the California Department of Cannabis Control, on September 7th, state investigators surprised inspected the office of Blue Tree LLC, a licensed cannabis distro company in Oakland, California. The action came after an anonymous tip from a whistleblower. Oh, somebody from Blue Tree pissed off somebody else. Alerted BCC <laughs> officials to possible smuggling operations involving tens and thousands of pounds of cannabis, potentially moving into the illicit market over the past six months. At this time, DCC officials have been open and no, eh, have only opened an investigation. No criminal or administrative charges have been filed against Blue Tree or its principles, and additional facts may come to light. Would you say <clears throat> this kind of can show us the failure of seed to sale, right? Like, I mean, there's somebody who has obviously two sets of books, if this is a true thing, because, you know, a grow is hard to hide if you're doing a huge crow so uh you know that's kind of a feeling to see the sale i mean i think yeah, see the sale it, only they call it blue tree though this is the involved in the burner license scheme a practice that has become no. increasingly used by some willing to cash out for a big illicit payday in 2021 uh, america's roughly 25 billion dollar legal cannabis market is still way smaller than the 50 billion total spent in the cannabis uh, market that is an illicit so about two-thirds of our cannabis market is still off the books and uh, but a slice of it comes from legal growers who are knowingly or unknowingly selling their licensed harvests to state licensed distributors that are moving tons of weed out the back door it's funny that that's happening. I, I'm funny in an ironic sense, just because in Washington State, that's always been their the biggest thing. They call it diversion. You know, we don't want diversion from our state market. And I just, it just seems to me like, why is each state like treated like a country, an individual? You know what I mean? Like, I can't let my my good stuff into your uh, export. I, yeah. I just. It's, but it's, there's it's, no metric activity. So like these guys have a license and then they pick up, uh, you know, product from the grower and they don't have any records of this product being picked up from the grower. And then what product? Right. Well, with the seed to sell too, don't they have to like, they inventory everything, but then I just, it just seems to me there's something missing. Well, in- not if you're actually doing the inventory, if you're not, if you're falsifying the records, you don't. Right, but again, a hundred plants. License, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, just like again, if you're going to be pushing that much weight, it's hard to hide. I mean, as far as like, not unless you had like a secret door. You're like, yeah, my warehouse is only half the size of what you see. No, that's not that. I mean, if it's if you can just get a dispenser, I'm sorry, a distribution license, uh, because you're in California and your distri- your bi- distribution business model is to get the license and then oops kept really bad records and then you lose the license but you made a million dollars off the books yeah i mean oops but it's just i mean it's gonna happen right like how much weed from oklahoma is going to texas i'm sure it's more than one i'm sure it's more than one weed from oklahoma going to texas at least at least one at least two hey (laughs) it's international news time 
In international news, an Italian cannabis reform has hit its goal of 500,000 signatures in only a week. A referendum in Italy to decriminalize cannabis is on track to meet the 500,000 signatures it needs to be considered by lawmakers prior to its September 30th deadline. If approved, Italy joins other uh, European Union member states, Portugal, which has decriminalized all drugs, the Czech Republic, and Estonia. The referendum has already garnered more than 420,000 signatures in just four days. That's a spicy meatball. It is. Giuseppe Civati, founder of Possible, a progressive party that has been promoting the referendum alongside other groups that says Italy's politics have long been completely static on the subjects that are considered taboo in a purely electoral logic, uh, electoral logic. And the current government, including everyone from left to right, doesn't help. Millions of consumers of cannabis around uh, Italy and the people who use it are not the type to be marginalized. Members of society, as the right-wing parties describe them, it's fascinating that the right-wing has been describing people that use cannabis as marginalized and not to be the types of people that should be in society. And that's that's also in Italy. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I wonder, you know, if they legalize it, will we have World War II? Or three, which was the um, one with the... I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if legalization... If if Hitler was a drunk, would he have started World War Two? Yeah, who knows? You know? <laughs> would have been well, a awesome. I mean, for I... America if Hitler was a drunk and never started World War Two. Or is this someone hugged him one day more? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes, I heard that, uh, you know, it's Hitler's parents were together. Remember that? Coming from a broken home. <laughs> Hitler didn't. He just broke up a lot of homes. Uh, I saw... No. It, or, if someone appreciated his paintings better, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. You have some ta- talent, Adolf. That would have been hilarious. Uh, you know, he just would have toned it down a bit. That would have been fantastic. Would have saved a lot of lives. Uh, so we do have one more story, it appears. A dark heart nursery research finds 90% of California facilities test positive for hop latent viroid. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hop latent thyroid? Viroid. Hop latent viroid. Oh. Yeah, it is. Uh, oh, it says moving over. So maybe we were going to wrap up before that one. Oh, okay. Mine is planned on this. Next story is related. No. All yeah, right. I figured we could talk about that um, on oh. Sunday or on Wednesday. But we do have an interesting show coming up on Sunday, right, about Ohio licenses? We'll have a couple of interesting things on Sunday that's coming out. I did something on New Jersey licenses, and then we're going to have something that we're going to do on Ohio licenses. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to be doing the show on Sundays uh, as like a podcast live thing. I need to do more content regarding uh, searchable things that are related to uh, our products so that we can, you know, continue to do the show yeah right i'm excited dope cool i'll turn on your notifications hit that bell button so you can get notified when we go live thanks for tuning in we shall see you on sunday